Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Play by Play. It's the Jamie Yarrow podcast. It's the podcast that you rely on for your daily dose of everything from business to wellness to parenting to sports, and you get it all here. We don't just talk about it. We give you all the nuggets. We give you the nitty gritty. We give you the play by play. We give you the playbook, if you will. Today, we're going to continue on the third episode in our four-part series discussing the keys to job security. And today we're going to deal with beating procrastination and getting things done. Now be sure to check out all of our other episodes and our two-minute drills. And if you love what you hear, there's nothing more that we would like than if you subscribed and shared our podcast. Now let's get ready for today's play-by-play. I am Jamie Yarrow and kickoff is counting down. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you may be listening, we are live from the Clawfice. That is the Closet Office, a.k.a. the Play-by-Play Studio. It's a full episode. It's number 56. And today's episode is part three of our four-part series, and we're dealing with the job security in uncertain times. Now, for these four episodes, we've been covering about six topics Lots of little subparts, but about six topics that'll help you keep your current role, and if that's not in the cards for you, to help you prepare and be attractive for that next role. If you missed yesterday's episode and the one before, be sure to go back and check those out. You can listen to them independently. You're not going to miss anything, but there's some great information that we shared in those episodes. This series was inspired by an article that I read for The Muse. It was written by Mary Curl. And I've placed a link to that episode in the show notes. Now, I've taken that article, the the kind of the idea of that article, and expanded on it to provide you with an in-depth series on this topic. So to recap on why this is such an important issue, over the past five or six weeks, there's been over 25 million people that have filed for unemployment benefits. I mean, just in Alabama alone, the Department of Labor has paid out over $500 million in benefits. And those are huge numbers. And if you don't really wrap your head around that because the numbers are so big that that may not really resonate with you, let me give you a real world uh, comparison here in Alabama. On March 14th, the Alabama Department of Labor processed around 1,800 claims for unemployment benefits. That was on March 14th. On April 25th, what is that? Uh, Five weeks later, about six, five or six weeks later, they went from 1,800 to 74,000 claims. So what does that mean for you? Well, companies are making massive changes. They have to. And if not you, we all know somebody that's been affected by the volatility that's been in this job market. Now, part one dealt with an acronym called RAFT. Now, I'm not going to give it away on this episode what that was. You got to go back and listen to part one. I think you're really going to get something out of that. Part two was about being creative and being an out-of-the-box thinker. Now, today is going to be all about beating procrastination and about getting things done. Now, there's a few things that I've done over my career that have really helped me beat procrastination, and and I've been able to achieve a high level of output, and I'm going to share those with you. But First, at the very core of being productive, it really comes down to mindset. I mean, frankly, you can't be lazy and consistently get things done. 
If you think there's shortcuts to being successful, there's not. You remember that iceberg analogy from a few episodes ago? I mean, that's literally what we're talking about, being successful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there isn't ways that you can uh, be more efficient. You know, you can find uh, better ways to do things. That's not what I'm saying. The work still has to be put in is what I'm saying. And you've got to have the mindset that you're going to go all in and get it done. You got to have the mindset that you're going to go after it and you're going to get it done. The companies want employees that they don't mind rolling up their sleeves and diving in, right? And if you really want to shine, don't complain about the level of task that you're being asked to perform. You know, as we've seen in this COVID-19 crisis, there are many jobs that have turned out to be ridiculously crazy important that perhaps didn't seem to be so important in the past. Let me give you an example. I work from home and the office has a window that faces the street, big six foot window. And I see all the traffic that comes by all day long. Now, every Tuesday morning, the garbage truck comes. I can hear the garbage truck coming from down the street. And as he, as he gets closer, I go out and I take him two bottles of water. I started off trying to give him snacks as well, but he just wants the water. He told me one day that they have been working tons of overtime, like just working them to the bone because you have all these people that are at home and, and you got tons more people who are, you know, working from home or they're unemployed and they're at, everybody's at home cleaning out their junk was the way that he put it. Now, my point is, have you ever thought about how important your garbage man is? I mean, what if you had to take your trash to a dump site each week? You had to load it in your car or the back of your truck and you had to go take it to your dump site each week. That would not be fun, right? So the garbage people that come and take care of your trash, super important, but sometimes we, we just don't look at it like that. Well, the same thing applies in your organization. There are jobs that need to be done. And, and can I share something with you? None of those jobs are beneath you. You know, whether I was a business owner or whether I was, you know, in upper management or leadership or the, you know, a C-suite position, or I was a new guy mopping the floor at the fire station or washing a truck. I have always taken the approach that I'll do whatever job is required to make the organization successful. I've even, you know, joked around saying, look, if, if they want me to stand at the copy machine and make copies all day, you know, that's fine. I'll do that if that's what makes the organization successful. Now, I've worked with many business owners in upper management that, frankly, they didn't feel that way. They felt like, you know, they had arrived, and I'm doing air quotes here, that like they've arrived and some jobs were simply too small for them to do. You know, that's a sign of two things when, when you see that. It's a sign of a weak leader, number one, and it's a sign of a company that may be in trouble. Speaking of things that just need to be done, if you hear a lawnmower in the background, there's somebody that is uh, next door to us that's cutting grass right now. So things, just things that need to be done, right? Just jumping in and doing the things that need to be done. But mindset is the key. You've got to get in your head that you're willing to jump in and be a team player regardless of the task. Now, because this is play-by-play -play and we want to give you the playbook, let's talk about some practical ways to get more done. Now, how much more productive could you be if you could accurately prioritize when tasks needed to be done? 
You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes I think we we sit there and we juggle tasks. Like we work on this one a little bit and then we work on this one a little bit. And we really don't have a good feel on the order at which things need to be done. Oftentimes what we're doing is we're working on the thing that someone is complaining the loudest about, right? Or, you know, the, the uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease. So somebody has said that they really need this XYZ thing done. So that's the thing that we put to the top of the list. Well, what if you could accurately prioritize those tasks? Well, you can. Have you ever heard me talk about the Eisenhower Urgent Important Matrix? Or maybe you you even know about it, not from something that you've heard me say. I've placed a link in the show notes for this information, but it's a system of identifying needs that need to be done now, tasks that need to be done now, tasks that can wait, and tasks that can be delegated to someone else or just thrown out the window that don't even need to be done. With the system, it it, it takes these four boxes and, and you can start out by, by physically putting things down on paper. This is what I recommend to people is that you, you literally create a Eisenhower urgent important matrix box on a piece of paper on your desk. And when a task comes in, you write it down in the box that it belongs in. And that helps you to determine the priority at which that thing needs to be done. Now, you may start out by doing it on paper. Eventually, you'll be able to master this and you can just do it in your head. Like I prioritize things now in my head according to this urgent, important matrix kind of in part. Uh, You'll kind of modify it over time to, to fit you best, but you'll be able to do it in your head is what I'm saying. You won't have to have paper. You're going to end up putting tasks in categories of do this first schedule this, delegate this, and don't do this at all. And you'll be amazed at how much stuff you have lying around on your desk that is just taking up space and, believe it or not, taking up your brain power because every time you look at it, you got to decide, is this something you need to do or not? And some of that stuff may not even need to be done at all. And the word delegation, that's often made out to be this word that is associated with you know, people that are authoritative or, or power hungry or something like that. And, and the fact of the matter is without delegation, a company's not going to be successful. I mean, without delegation, you end up with 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Does that sound familiar? Sounds like the Pareto principle, right? I mean, at the very core of delegation, if one of your direct reports can do the task, it likely should be delegated. Now that's an extremely generalized way of putting it, but what happens far more often is that one person ends up hoarding tons of tasks and others sit around with not much to do. And then leaders wonder why team members are surfing the internet or chatting with coworkers for hours or taking extended breaks or whatever, you know, the list goes on. Part of the issue is that proper delegation is not happening. With With the Eisenhower urgent important matrix, you can take deliberate steps to overcome that issue and you can get more done. Again, I'm going to put a link to that information in the show notes, but you may want to check that out. There's a little video that talks about it, how to do it. And, and then there's, uh, you know, an example of, of the chart. Another thing I'm going to put in the show notes is information on how to get my 17 tips of excellence in the first 90 days. Now, this is designed to help you be um, you know, a rock star to make a, a, a great impression in your first 90 days on a new job. But there's tons of stuff on this list that can apply throughout your career. So check the notes for that resource. I'm going to 
let you know how you can get that as well. Now, speaking of show notes, I've had people say to me, what are these show notes? How do I get to them? Well, on your podcast player, whatever you use, Apple Podcast or Podbean or Spotify, whatever you're using, there should be a little uh, you know, more button or get more info or notes or something like that. Just click on that and, you'll, and when that expands, you'll see all the show notes that I put in for each episode. If you're not checking those out, you're missing out on some great resources. So figure out on your podcast player just what you have to do to be able to see the show notes. Now, one of the best ways that you can beat procrastination is to keep your calendar full. Grant Cardone says to schedule things on your calendar in 15-minute blocks. Now, that may mean that some of your tasks or a meeting or something like that take up several 15-minute blocks, but that, that ensures that you're always busy. You know, don't let there be any white space on your calendar. So fill it all up. Leave no 15-minute block unscheduled. Even schedule your breaks. So fill up your calendar. When you do that, you're going to force yourself into a place of being continually busy. And when you're continually busy on the things that matter that you have, you know, that you've, you have decided the tasks that matter most using your urgent and important matrix, and you're continually busy on those things, you're going to create a highly productive scenario. I've heard some people say that you should go as far as scheduling time with your family and time to relax. The bottom line is, if it's important to you, then you should schedule time for it. And I can't tell you the number of times, and you're probably going to be able to say, yep, that's me too. I can't tell you the number of times that I have planned to do something with my wife or my kids, but because it wasn't on my calendar, something at work took priority over it. But when something is on my calendar, I make a much greater effort to make sure that I don't miss that event, right? Now, certainly there's going to be times when emergencies come up, but frankly, that should be very far and few between. Remember why you're working to begin with, right? You're working so that you can provide for them, so that you can spend time with them, so you can do the things that you want to do with them. So go fill out that calendar and see how much more productive you are. I reached out to my daughter, Casey. She's 19 now, and I wanted to find out ways that she stays productive. Now, she graduated high school when she was 16 years old, and she's about to graduate college with her political science degree. And again, she's just 19. Now, her plans are to go to law school next. And I just wanted to find out, you know, what does she do from a, from a millennial perspective? What do you do to keep yourself busy? What do you do to be productive? And she shared two things with me that I found to be really excellent advice. And the, the first one, it kind of goes along with keeping your calendar full. And she said that she has a daily to-do list and she doesn't go to bed until all the things on her to-do list are done. She'll make a list either the night before or the morning of, and the list is made up of what she believes that she can reasonably get done in a day. And then she works on that to-do list throughout the day, and she doesn't finish her list, or she, you know, she doesn't stop her day until her to-do list is done. And her second tip was, um, and she said she got this from her daddy, she said, I get up early. Now, me and her, we're both morning people. And then, like I've told you before, mornings are when I get my best work done. That's when I have the most clear thoughts and concentration. You know, call me old or call me old-fashioned. But I'm just not a night owl. 
Uh, most days, I'm not far behind the roosters when it comes to going to bed. Uh, Casey told me, she said, I have friends that sleep until noon, and then they try to get their work done. She said, I don't know how they can think they're going to get anything done when they've slept half the day away. I agree. I, I, I'm, an, I'm a morning person, and I think getting up early, I've told you this before when it comes to working from home, uh, getting up early and getting your day going is a, is a big key to being successful and productive throughout the day. The last thing I want to talk about today is deadlines. Now, have you ever set out to do something, but you didn't have a deadline in mind? A common application that I think about when I think of deadlines like this and, and whether someone meets a deadline or not is when people commit to do a couch to 5K program. So, you know, these, these running programs that help you get from you know, what they claim to be sitting on the couch up to running a 5K in a certain period of time. I think it's like six or seven weeks, something like that. Now, studies have shown that people that have a specific 5K race in mind in the future, so they they mark this race on the calendar. Maybe it's you know eight weeks out or seven weeks out or something like that. Those people are far more likely to hit that goal and complete this Couch to 5K program on time than those that don't have a deadline or they don't have a race scheduled. It's because when we have a deadline that we're working towards, we're more apt to stay on pace with the things that need to be done. So when you have a project due, when you have a task that's due, set a deadline. Even if there's not a, an official deadline, set your own deadline. If you need to, share that deadline with someone that can be your accountability, right? So you don't go changing that deadline. And then monitor your progress along the way and, and use that progress as a gauge to see how am I doing towards meeting my goal? Am I going to get done by, you know, XYZ date on the calendar? If you know the task is going to take 10 hours, if that's what you estimate, be sure you block off 10 hours on your calendar between now and before the deadline. You know, don't be somebody that that works on it. Uh, I, I always said, you know, I work best when I'm under pressure. Like, uh, you know, when my deadline is coming up, that's when I work best. But the truth is that sets us up for failure, right? Because what if something happens at in the in the ninth hour what if something happens in the 11th hour what if you know you you have an emergency that comes up or there's another task that all of a sudden takes priority over that one now all of a sudden i've missed my deadline and even if it was an artificial deadline it still plays on our psyche don't be okay with missing deadlines i see this so often that there's that there will be a culture in the organization that it's okay to miss deadlines i worked for a company in the past and when I tell you that they had zero concern about being late, I mean, they just didn't care. Frequently, people would show up late for meetings, um, projects were late, deadlines were commonly missed, and there were just excuses made, or there even wasn't. I mean, it was simply the culture that was established by the leaders. And frankly, they never modeled any behavior that would give the team members any reason to think that tardiness was not acceptable. Now, you may not like to hear this, but if you want to know why your team acts the way they do, take a look in the mirror. What you model is what your team is going to follow. If you model procrastination and tardiness and missed deadlines, that's what your team is going to follow. But if you model teamwork and accountability and completing work prior to deadlines and you model integrity, 
That's what your team is going to follow. The environment that is created is what people will adapt to. Now, those that can't adapt, they'll either leave or they'll be asked to leave. And those that can adapt, they're going to model the behavior that is set before them, whether that's good or bad. And regardless of the type of person, regardless of their internal drive, if they stick around in that environment, a toxic environment, they're going to begin to model that behavior. So we talked about mindset today, that it's the foundation for getting things done. And we threw in some practical things that you can do. You know, we talked about the urgent, important matrix. You can check the show notes for more information on that. We talked about rolling up your sleeves and doing whatever job is necessary. In my list of 17 steps to be successful, that's also in the show notes. We talked about filling up your calendar so that there's no white space. We talked about making to-do lists and about getting up early and setting deadlines. And then we finished out with modeling the behavior that you want your team to exhibit. Now that may be a lot. That may be a lot to adopt at one time, but pick out one or two of those things and implement them. And then add another, and then add another. And in time, you'll find what works best for you. And in doing that, you're gonna ensure that that you're a valuable member of the team, of the organization. And it's gonna help you have a greater level of job security. Well, that's all the time I got for today. As a reminder, this is part three of four. So go back and listen to parts one and two And for a sneak preview for tomorrow, we're going to be talking about building relationships and growing your soft skills. You're going to want to check that out. That'll be the finale for our four-part series. Now, the best way to make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes is to subscribe. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button right now. Don't, Don't forget, while I'm talking right now, reach up to your phone, reach up to your device, and hit the subscribe button. There you go. Good job. Now you won't forget. And even if you do, you're going to get notified when a new episode comes out. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Play by Play. Be sure to check out all the past episodes. You can find those on your favorite podcast player. All you got to do is search for the letters PXP. We made it super easy. Thank you for listening today. And most of all, I hope that something that was said helps you to become a better version of yourself. My name is Jamie Yarrow, and I hope you have an amazing day.